Welcome to the What is Happening in Salt Lake podcast series, brought to you by slc.gov and the Salt Lake Small Business Development Center. The purpose of the podcast series is to review topics relevant to Salt Lake-based business owners and startups, as well as to highlight success stories from other entrepreneurs. Good morning, Salt Lake City. We are here today with the Small Business Development Center, Jim Heron, and Salt Lake City Department of Economic Development, the business development team. And we have a special guest from uh, Hello Bulk Markets. Her name is Jamaica Triniman. Hello. Hi, Jamaica. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to be here. Thanks for being here. My name is Roberta Reichel. I'm the local business and entrepreneurship manager at Salt Lake City, and I'm here with my colleague, Will Wright. Hi, Will Wright with Salt Lake City Economic Development. So this is our podcast series um, talking about local business in Salt Lake City. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, We're really excited to interview Jamaica, who is a small business owner. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started? Sure. So I own a company called Hello Bulk Markets. Currently, we just have one location on the west side. We did start in an awkward little warehouse on the west side as well to try our business out and now have a retail storefront near sort of West High and Mountain West Hard Cider. Uh, We are a refill store, so you bring your own containers and refill them rather than purchase packaging. And we offer all sorts of really good grocery, body care and household cleaners and tons of local stuff as well. So I feel like, you know, this in this day and age, we're in 2019 and a lot of people are becoming more conscious, they're conscious consumers about what they're buying. And so is that how you decided there was a need for this buying in bulk goods? What does it do? What What are the benefits of that? You know, it's just our recycling is complicated. There's a huge benefit to just not purchasing items, especially packaging, which can be so unnecessary. We can certainly do without it. I mean, I would say we're rooted in the belief that we have enough containers out in the world already. And the idea came to me so many years ago when I was working in the grocery industry. At that time, you didn't hear the word zero waste and you certainly didn't know much about plastic pollution. And it was kind of this idea that came to me out of just common sense. I was a single mom and struggling to have really good food for the family without having a tremendous budget. Mm -hmm. And the bulk department was this wonderful thing that allowed me to bypass the cost of packaging and eliminate a lot of food waste in my kitchen because I purchased what I needed. And I also became a big fan of it because of freshness. I quickly figured out that the flour I bought off the shelf was stale compared to what I was getting in the bulk department. So I became a believer in bulk and over the years just always thought about what I could sell by weight and constantly thought, why can't we buy that by weight? Why can't I buy a little bit of that or a little bit of this or a ton of that? Just why can't, I I felt bullied into the sizes available in grocery stores. Like I always opted for the value size because it was a value (laughs) and then there would be food waste. And so I always loved shopping in bulk and loved how empowering I found that to be when it came to a, a number of factors. So it was years into this that I would start to hear about how much the plastic pollution from packaging was burdening our planet and burdening communities who were trying to take advantage of the financial perks of taking our recycling from the US. And so I became more and more determined to open it up and it, it always just made sense to me. So. It took a long time and now it's very much propelled by the zero waste movement now that I have opened. Mm -hmm. So as far as like growing the business, let's get into that. When did you start? So we started in May of 2018. Okay. So you've been around now for over a year. Yeah, just over a year. And so what are the steps you took 
to expand to grow because you started in square kitchen and the kitchen incubator space and now you have your own brick and mortar tell us how you got to there well i was really grateful to find a good spot to start i wanted to start in a brick and mortar when i got this idea and i was in a program called sustainable startups which is a cohort that helps you kind of work out your early business stage plan and in that model uh, or in that cohort, they, they were like, just start. Start if you're selling shampoo out of the back of your car. You know, so, so, that was the advice some people gave me. And I was kind of like, yeah, why, why don't I even just start my garage? Why don't I start any place where I can figure out if people are as interested in this as I think they will be? I was definitely not surrounded by the tribe I'm surrounded by now. I was surrounded by people who believed in me and thought, yeah, if you say it's a good idea, then maybe it'll work. But I didn't have the people that were like assuring me that there was a tribe out there that would dedicate themselves to this kind of living. And so I I wanted to start any way I could. And that's when I sort of developed this warehouse model, which was a lower overhead model where I could start the business and find out what was going on in the community, how much support we would get and also get my own legs under me with sourcing and processes. And so that's where I started was in that small space in Square Kitchen. And then we had our Kickstarter, Mm. which was really difficult, but just phenomenal as far as networking and finding our tribe. It was a wonderful way to get the word out to the community. And also we just had so many people supporting us and investing in networking for our behalf. And through that Kickstarter, we found the Give Group and Chris Parker and that's how we were offered this space that we are in now. It became really evident to me as much as I was getting a lot of support and people were coming out for this awkward little shop in the back of a long hallway, that consumer habits are hard to change. And as much as we change our ideas really readily, we change our habits more slowly. And so I knew I needed community support to propel this idea further. I feel like I'm a little early for zero waste shops to be thriving in this country, which I really believe they will be. But until they are, I'm a little early and that's just where I wanna be. But I need support to get me further and not just support through revenue. I don't think revenue alone could have handled the costs of my model that I'm currently in. And so we've really been dependent on people to support us and help us and people that believe in us and the Give Group has has helped. And so has the Economic Development Committee of of Salt Lake City. So cool. So you mentioned your tribe and I'm assuming that's sort of like your customer base who you're selling to. And so, yeah, how do you reach your markets? So much is word of mouth, but also social media. We have not, aside from the Kickstarter, we have not spent hardly anything on marketing. We've really had, uh, it took us about a year to get a lot of exposure in the media and we've had a great amount of exposure uh, in the past five months. It's been phenomenal. In the media, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? I mean, we've been mentioned, we've had coverage from KSL. Okay. We've been in the Salt Lake Trib. We were mentioned in Best of the Beehive. We are one of, I think, six zero waste grocery stores mentioned in Martha Stewart. We have done multiple podcasts, The Bottom Line, P3 Utah. And we have articles coming out in Slug Magazine and um, Nugent Magazine in September which are more personal angles to the story of opening Hello Bulk, which is a little scary and wonderful at the same time. Um, pretty sensitive issues there for me. But yeah, we've we've had a lot of great exposure and social media has blown up and people have okay. been really ready to support us there. I didn't even have an Instagram account until I started the business. 
We now have over 4,600 followers on Instagram. Wow. So it's just been, it's been a lot of learning and it's been a lot of hustling to make <laughs> those connections. And a lot of things now, a year into this, are coming to us and we're hustling a little less. But um, yeah, it's Let's been Let's talk about that phenomenal. hustle because, you know, as for a small business owner, you find yourself doing that quite a bit. And so... If you want to talk about, in general, starting a business, the challenges mm -hmm. that people need to <laughs> look out for or that you guys have faced that you can share with us. Well, it's it's unlike anything you will ever do. It's kind of like having a baby. So I, I've had a lot of... Now I, get, now I know yes. what that's like. <laughs> I have had a lot of support from other entrepreneurs. And first I'm like, I don't understand where this kindness is coming from. Is this really... This wonderful person who's such a good fit for me and helpful in so many ways is willing to give me his time. Like that's really been eye opening to me. But then it brings me back to when I had my first child and it was horrible. It was I, I gave birth and then I felt like I'd been hit by a truck and I had the biggest <laughs> responsibility of my life thrown in my lap and he was beautiful but I was like is there a pact like no one tells you how horrible this is like is there <laughs> all women <laughs> taking this pact right. and after that experience which of course I made my way out of over time but I was really apt to want to help other mothers if I met somebody who was about to have a baby I would say do you have a good support system is there anything I can do for you do you have women around you that can help you after the birth of the baby that you know and I found myself wanting to give time and I feel like that's what's happening in the entrepreneurial world is because nobody tells you just how horribly hard it is right and so once you're maybe out of it or into a safer space you feel like you should go back and give a little to these people that are struggling but it's 24 7 I definitely have transitioned from the point where I was at certain points waking up multiple times in the night with hot sweats, hmm. you know, just feeling like I was getting microwave from the inside out with anxiety. Just the financial aspects of the business, you wear your heart on your sleeve and every day the sales affect you. And I wanted that not to happen and gradually it gets to a point where you're waking up once in the night and then you're waking up once every three nights and then you start to see patterns and you say, yeah, that sales day was horrible, but I know that we're going to make up for it eventually because okay. this always inevitably does this. And the summer has been hard because it's our first summer in a retail space. So it's been really unpredictable, but it is kind of your baby and you are so invested in it and you're giving so much problem solving to it and you're giving so much sacrifice that affects all the loved ones in your life and your relationships. Yeah. It's a lonely process. I never would have guessed like almost everyone that you are friends with become somehow connected to the business. And so you start to feel like you don't have yourself anymore. It's it, it really is kind of like having a baby in that respect. So it's this really wonderful process. And thank God I'm in a business that is so dear to the heart of many, because I don't know how people do it without getting what I get. Because I when I'm low, I get a customer inevitably that reaches out or even just tells me in person, like, thank you so much for doing this. Mm. Like from the bottom of their hearts, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. And it just lifts you back up. That makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. So talking about then, so what, what has gotten you through it? You mentioned that you went through sustainable startups, which is a great resource to start with. And you've got support of the community, including the partners here today. But get into the specifics about what resources you've used, either from Salt Lake Community College, the Small Business Development Center, or the City of Salt Lake. So not many people know this. Maybe somebody in this room knows this. But I purchased a bad house, a, a bad investment, right before opening the business. And I thought that that was 
safe. Like that was a good way to tuck my money someplace safe um, and not let this business bleed me dry. It ended up being the worst, one of the worst decisions I think of my life. And so faced with not having that nest egg or that sort of like an asset that could back me up going into business, I definitely had to pursue other options and I had to look for things that supported me. And, and I found out about the economic development economic development center. Now I, a department. Department, thank you very much. <laughs> E-D-L-F. Um, oh, yeah, that's the economic development loan fund. Okay, that's what I got. That's Through Salt Lake City. That's yes. the loan I got, thank God. <laughs> and so they- Can you tell us a little bit about that loan? Well, it, it's phenomenal in that it's a low interest loan for businesses, but it's also something that takes into consideration how that business affects the community. And so when you pitch and you get all your ducks in a row and you present and try to get the funding, they don't just have a panel of investors sitting across from you. They have a panel of individuals that come from different aspects of the community that are all invested in those aspects of the community, whether it's education or property values or banking for small businesses or the city zoning. They, they just have this panel of people that really is saying, how does this business impact our community? And so that's the right platform for me because I have a a business that's woman owned, it's um, a huge environmental platform and one that brings real food into communities that might not have access to really good quality food. So cool. the EDLF was just a phenomenal fit for me and I was really lucky to get funding through them. And then I was just able, you know, you have to get out there and you have to talk to people. I tried to network. Some of these network things are just kind of a dead end and others are not. And that's how just in speaking with people, I found a business mentor Great. who Peter Callister is, he's been just a rock for me. And sometimes through this lonely process, it's just been a matter of being able to tell Peter where I'm at, what I'm struggling with and bounce ideas off him. Other times it's been really concrete help and support he's given me, like helping me to find the right spreadsheet for my projections mm -hmm. for the loan meeting. So having people that support you through this process and get it and can kind of speak your language has been key. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your location. You you're on the west side of Salt Lake City. And is there any reason in particular why you went in there or? Well, I love the west side. I've just really been intimately attached to the west side and its development for many years. And so I love that we're on the west side. There are definitely struggles. We are right on the tracks. Mm -hmm. We are like the Blues Brothers version of a store where our store will rattle a little bit. We're so on oh, the God. tracks. I don't know if you've seen that old movie, but it gives it character. It, it does. It gives it character. <laughs> and it's a developing area. We love that we've partnered with the Give Group in this location. We've partnered with them on a discount for tenants um, mm. and also because they're also building housing right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good organization. And 73% of the apartment building that we're in is affordable housing. And they're building three additional buildings, one of which we're going to move into. We're going to move, I don't know, 80 yards from, okay. because it's a better fit. It will have a larger storefront. Our kitchen will be attached, more storage space, and then a live unit above. So my son, who's gone to West High um, for a couple of years now, and then my two older boys went to West High as well. So by the time... Nick, my youngest graduates, I think I'll have had a student at West High for like 12 years or something. But um, but Nick has four more years there, so we're gonna have a live unit right above the market. And that's gonna be really close to the business and his school. And um, 
So I, I, I'm, I just love it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see how it develops as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great location for us to grow in. Every bit of growing pain is wonderful, but it is painful and it's hard and you have to step up to the plate. And I'm grateful for a location that I think I can kind of grow with in a scalable great. way. Yeah. So just to wrap it up, kind of mentioned some of this already and throughout this talk, but let's give us a few parting notes on the advice you'd, you can give to other entrepreneurs who are either thinking about opening a business or have one already. And what is the best thing that you can tell them kind of from what you've already said, but is there anything else? Yeah. One thing I've definitely realized is you've got to have a really concrete funding plan and you've got to have it sort of a visual out there in any form that you want to do an Excel spreadsheet or whatever but you need to know this is kind of when this funding is going to get low and this is where you need to start planning for this because right now I've been operating on this like I feel like I'm gonna need money here <laughs> I feel like yeah. I should and there should be maybe a little bit more back planning up, back up with facts back up, back up. <laughs> um, and also just try not to respond emotionally to every up and down okay. and i think we're prone to feeling like oh it's never gonna work and then it's like oh i'm so awesome this is gonna be amazing and we're gonna be on this trajectory and you're like oh actually i'm just up and down and up and down and and when you're riding that it just takes a toll on your body honestly and your spirit and probably your team so i would say just watch for patterns try not to get too attached to every little incline and decline and then get out there it's phenomenal how you meet people that help you. You meet people that propel you. Just try to find a couple networking groups in your area that you feel resonate with you, that don't turn you off for whatever reason, and, and invest the time to get out there and meet people in your community. All right. Well, that's incredible. Thank you so much for getting on this and talking with us about your business. We're really happy to hear that the resources through Salt Lake City and SBDC have really been helpful for you. And, you know, thanks for sharing your story. It's always a vulnerable thing up here. Clearly, just to be a small business owner is, as you mentioned, can be terrifying, but clearly <laughs> worthwhile in the end when you get customers saying thank you so much for, for doing this. And since your business is so unique, we're excited to see where you go with it. Yeah, thank you. That's all we have today. Thanks again, Jamaica. Thank you, Roberta.